Hello and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, author of the simpleclassroom.com and the Simple Classroom on Teachers Pay Teachers, and I am so excited that you are here. Today we are talking about my Monday morning checklist. And a Monday morning checklist sounds like it would be a checklist of things that I need to get done for that week, but no, no. My Monday morning checklist is a checklist I make on Monday morning of things that I need to get done before next week. I think seven days ahead in the world of teaching, and I am here to argue that it is the only way to live if you want to get things done before the weekend. Seven days ahead is the way to go. So I'm going to share my Monday morning checklist with you guys today and how I break up the tasks into bite-sized chunks so that I get everything done in a week for the following week so I can really enjoy my weekend and come in Monday morning refreshed and ready to tackle another week of teaching. So let's get started. Okay, the Monday morning checklist. So like I said in the intro, this is a checklist of things that I am trying to get accomplished for next week, starting Monday morning. I am thinking about next week when I start a brand new week. And I know that could sound a little crazy and maybe a little overwhelming to go, okay, wait, wait, wait. On Monday morning, I haven't even begun teaching this week yet. So to already think about next week feels like I'm going to be double dipping. I'm going to be trying to get this week done and next week done at the same time. And when you first start doing this, it absolutely does feel that way. I'm not going to lie to you. Until you are truly operating one week ahead at all times, when you first get started, you are racing to get this week's tasks done, this week's prep and this week's planning and this week's parent communication and all of that. You're trying to get it all done. But you are also trying to think ahead a week and make sure that you are getting a little bit more done so that you are a little bit more prepared for next week before it begins. It's hard when you first start. And I know this firsthand because this year, I've told you guys many times on this show, this year is my first year back after three years off. So I totally had that learning curve all over again of reacclimating to education, reacclimating to the grind of the workday of teaching, and realizing just how little time I had to get stuff done and trying to fit it all in. I mean, I was, I was truly back to the days of I'm thinking about what I'm teaching tomorrow, the day before, the night before, the morning of. And so to ask me to think seven days ahead can feel like an impossible task. But that's why I'm talking about this in the spring and not during back to school season. Because if you're a first year teacher or you are back to teaching after some time off like me, or you're new to a grade level or new to a subject area, hopefully by now in the spring, you do feel like you've gathered your bearings a little bit. I think from August to December, it's really hard to ask somebody who's new to something in teaching to think beyond this moment in time. Like if you had told me in September... Like, hey, I know you're back to teaching after three years at home with your kids and it's been really, really hard, but you're going to have to teach for the next 30 years uninterrupted. No years off. You just got to teach for 30 years. I would have fallen to my knees sobbing to hear that news in September. I'd have been like, no, I can't. Teaching 30 more years. Like this year has been so hard. Now it's March 
if someone came to me now and said, hey, you're going to do this again for the next 30 years, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I could do that. Like, it's just the perspective shifts so wildly in teaching from year one to year two, from year three to year four, or even from month one to month eight. Like, it's such a crazy roller coaster of emotions and attitudes. And we all know in March, I'm like, yeah, this, this is this is fine. But next year in August, I will be crushed by the weight of my own anxiety about all the things that I need to get done. Like we all know nobody is perfect all the time. Nobody's on top of it all the time. Teaching is certainly not easy ever. So I will have moments where I feel crushed by all of my stuff that I need to get done probably at the end of the year, which we'll be talking about in this podcast plenty, like trying to get ahead of the chaos of packing up your room with students still in it. That is a beast of a job in and of itself. But for right now, we are talking about trying to work one week ahead as often as possible. So I do start thinking about this on Monday morning. It's not bad if on Monday morning, I already have this week totally planned and laid out. It's hard if you don't, but it's worth it. Hard things are worth it. So On Monday morning, I make a list of things that need to get done for next week. I typically have the same five things on this list. Every once in a while, some report card or parent conference things will creep in. But for the most part, I have the same five things on my list. And they are writing my lesson plans for next week, making copies and prepping materials for next week, scheduling my weekly newsletter and responding to any parent email. So just like an umbrella of parent communication tasks getting done. Um, grades being entered and anything graded for accuracy that's not being entered being passed back. And then my room cleaned and organized. So those are my big five things. Parent communication, plans, copies, cleaning the room, and grades. If I can get those five things done in a week, then I truly feel on Friday afternoon like I can walk away and next week's going to be fine. If I have some of those things undone, like loose ends not tied up, like, oh, I didn't respond to that parent email. I'm going to be honest, I just do it over the weekend to get it over with. I don't save it for Monday. Some people will tell you, like, save it for Monday, save it for the next business day. But I prefer to just knock it off the list so I can come in Monday morning and not be thinking about last week at all. Um, So after I've made my list of tasks, I attribute each one to a day, sometimes two days, depending on what my schedule looks like. But lesson planning typically for me always happens on Mondays. So I've told you guys before, I have a lot of curriculum that I'm bound to that I'm really not allowed to stray from. So I will teach the same lessons as my team on the same day in the same way. Like we we really are not even allowed to lesson plan for our phonics block, our reading and writing block, or our math block. But Small groups, during my small group time, I am responsible for those plans, and that's independent of my team, obviously. Um, My intervention RTI time, that is a time I need to plan for. And then science and social studies as a team, we are responsible for those plans from scratch. There's no real curriculum. There's just a scope and sequence we have to follow. So on Mondays, that's typically when I'm going to get my lesson plans done for small groups for the week ahead. This week's plans are already done, remember, because I did them last week. So I'm looking ahead to next week and I'm drafting some small group plans based on the next text that I want to teach and skills that I'm thinking that we're going to need to work on now. I have not taught this week's lesson or this this week's small groups yet when I'm writing these plans. But the reason that this is beneficial is as I'm teaching throughout the week, if something comes up in a group 
And I go, oh, dang, this entire small group of children cannot phonemically identify the schwa sound when they're reading. Like they can't hear it. They can't isolate it. They can't manipulate that sound. That is something we need to work on. I can turn to next week's small group plans and work it in because I already have drafted them. I've already drafted some bullet notes of some things that we're going to do. So it's nice and easy to go ahead and add that in there rather than writing it on an observational notes page or a rogue sticky note and then not really being able to keep up with it. Or next week having to flip back into this week's notes and looking at stuff. Like I, I just already put it right into next week's plans. It's right there when I'm teaching, which is really, really nice. So this week my plans have any notes that I added while I was teaching last week. And then next week's plans will have any notes of things I added when I'm teaching this week of stuff that I need to reinforce. So that's why I like to get it done on Monday because then my plans are right there in my small group planner for me to refer to throughout the week of things that I might need to change. I always write these plans in pencil or things that I need to add um, to more directly reflect what the kids actually need in real time. So that's lesson planning on Mondays. I do the small group plans, intervention plans, and then I just pull ideas of things for science and social studies that I can present to my team if we don't already have something in mind for how we're going to teach this unit. Um, and then we have team planning on Wednesdays. So that's why I like to get that all done, all of that personal lesson planning done on Mondays. So that on Wednesdays, I can show up to my team planning and I can already say, oh yeah, for next week for small groups, I'm doing this. Um, and kind of bounce ideas off of people and we already have our personal plans done. And then we can just go through the plans and team planning turns more into discussion and refinement as opposed to, okay, next week we have sound waves. What are we going to do? Like it's, it's, that's a really not purposeful, I would say, way to approach team planning. And I have an entire blog post about team planning dynamics that I can share in the show notes about all the things, all the pitfalls that I think teams fall into that make team planning really inefficient. Um, And that's one of them, showing up and just being like, so what do you guys want to do next week? That is a terrible way to use your time. So when we do our team planning, the plans are loosely done. None of us are holding them too close to our hearts. We are sharing what we think we're going to do and refining the ideas to make them as like the best that they can be for our students. Okay, so that's lesson planning. Copies are almost always on Wednesdays because that's when we have team planning. And again, that's when we're showing up with our plans and reviewing them and refining them. And that's when we bring master copies for different sections of the lesson plans that we're responsible for. Like I tend to be morning work and math. Um, And so that's when we bring those copies and we put them in a giant second grade copy folder. And we are very blessed to have a team of general ed TAs that run copies for us throughout the week. So if we can get them turned in on Wednesday, then on Friday, we all have a big stack of copies in our um, mailboxes that we can take back to our rooms on Friday morning and sort for the upcoming week, which is a really nice system. And I know we're so spoiled. Like I have worked in a building before that did not have general ed TAs to run copies for us. I utilized parent volunteers um, in that particular building for that task. And if you are not blessed enough to have workroom TAs, but you are blessed enough to have supportive parents, or you don't even need many, you just need a couple who are willing to trade off weeks where they come in and take a stack of masters for you and run all the copies. It's such a blessing. I mean, like truly. Now, if I I have also 
worked in a place about 10 years ago. Now it was a while ago where there were no workroom TAs and there were no supportive parents to be found. Um, this was a really rural, um, lower income area. And it was like class parties were all on the teachers to fund and plan and copies were all on the teachers to run and manage and everything was all on the teachers. There was no, like there was so, so little support. So I am not naive enough to think like, oh yeah, just email the parents, ask them to come in because sometimes you work in an area where every single parent is working and there's nobody who can come in and help you during the day. And that's honorable and totally fine, but it makes your job harder. So I know that's tough. And in those instances, I would recommend just picking one afternoon to stay after school or one morning to come in early and knocking it out for the week ahead. I would not recommend day-to-day copying just because personal things come up and it always makes your job easier if you know that you have a week's worth of copies and materials nicely laying out in your room organized by day that just makes teaching so much more seamless i cannot recommend it enough but i apologize if you have to use your own personal time to do it because i know that's a reality for more teachers than not but again make a routine out of it pick a day um so lesson planning mondays copying and prep on Wednesdays. I split grading between Tuesdays and Thursdays because my parent communication day for like routine communication, daily or weekly newsletters, um, any memos that need to get sent out is Thursday, but that never takes my full planning time. So I will also wrap up any loose ends with grading on Thursdays. My personal rule is anything that gets turned in on Fridays doesn't get graded. Like it might get a sticker put on it or a star, but my cutoff date for grading for accuracy is on Thursdays. Now on Fridays, we have a spelling test every Friday. I grade that on the spot as the kids are turning it in and enter it right there as they're turning it in just because our routine on Fridays is we take the spelling test and then the kids eat snack and kind of like unwind in the morning and maybe watch a storyline, and I sit there and I grade everything, just because Fridays are a little bit more lax. Fun Friday, right? So Friday is the only time of the week that I really have time. It's the only day of the week that I would have time to embed grading into the block because things are a little bit more lax. The rest of the week, stuff has to get graded on my own time because we are minute to minute with instruction with our schedule. It's real tight. So I split that up between Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then anything else on Fridays that gets turned in morning work, centers that get done around the room, uh, other classwork. It's just like a star or smiley face and pass it back. Or maybe, and I'm whispering this because like, I don't want to admit out loud that I do this. Maybe just dumped in the trash. Like I don't, just you do you. I am not here to judge. (laughs) And there are a lot of things throughout the week that get thrown out too. Like, especially if I'm looking through it, I'm like, they didn't follow the directions on this at all. I'm not even going to bother grading it and passing it back. Like I will just throw it out. And then make a mental note, like, why did they do so poorly with that? Like, was it way too hard? Did I not teach it well? Do we need to review that skill some more? Did they not learn it? Um, But I mean, there are plenty of things that I'm like, this is not worth my time to even look at. And then, bloop, trash can. Um, So parent communication is Thursdays. There are, of course, daily emails that need to be responded to from anybody, from a principal to a parent to somebody else. So that is stuff that I'm doing before school. I have talked about that routine of in the mornings, I well, the day before school ends, I'm making a checklist of what needs to be done tomorrow. And then when I'm coming in, in the mornings, I'm knocking off all those little administrative tasks that I know I need to take off my plate. And emails, like... 
daily emails from parents are things that I'm doing in the morning before school or just quickly on the fly as I'm getting them. Like, hey, she's going to be a bus rider today. I just respond like, great, thanks, smiley face, and then jot it down in a sticky note. Like, not everything needs to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and plan in time and I'm going to respond to all these parent emails. Unless you just have a doozy of an email that is, you know, volatile and emotional and you really need to be thoughtful about how you respond. But again, it's spring and I'm hoping that all of those growing pains with families and classrooms at the beginning of the year, that the dust has settled and you don't have that nearly as much. Um, so that's my general flow. On Fridays is the cleaning day, but on Fridays my planning is always open. And Friday I leave it open because if I have a meeting during the week that takes one of my planning times away, then Friday will be the day that I move that task to it. Um, because on Friday, the general task that we're doing that day is we're cleaning. So I do some level of light cleaning every single day with my end of day jobs. But Friday, I will attribute a few more minutes for like desk clean out and stuff like that because I think personal organization is really, really important. And I don't believe, and some of y'all may disagree with me, but I don't believe in letting a kid just drown in their own personal chaos, especially if they're little. Like I teach second graders and I just think if you have a second grader whose desk is overflowing with stuff, they've got papers spilling out of it and their folders are exploding. I think that, yes, that child struggles with organization and personal management, of course, but you have neglected that child, right? Like you have neglected the fact that they don't inherently know how to do that. They're not going to learn it just by sitting in your room and you getting frustrated with how they're not organized. Like I think it's an explicit skill that has to be taught. So every week we do a desk clean out. For some kids, this is like a minute because their desk is super organized. They're just wiping out the inside with a Clorox wipe, wiping any pencil marks out of the inside and then sticking everything back in. For some kids... Two of them in particular in my room, who I have strategically placed right next to each other at the same table so I can do this lesson at the same time, it is open up your folder. Pull out all the unfinished work that you didn't get done this week. We're going to staple it together. That is your morning work on Monday. It's going to be sitting right here for you. Now let's go through all of these loose crumpled papers. That was a graded paper that should have gone home. Put it in your take-home folder. There's another paper that you should have recycled that we did together in class and we were done with it. Go recycle it. Like I have to sit there and explicitly teach this to them. Are they both going to be perfect at organizing themselves by the end of second grade? Probably not. Are they both marginally better than they were when they started second grade? Yes. One of them in particular notices when his desk is getting too messy and tells me. He says, I feel like I need to clean this out. And I go, you do. Good. I'm glad you're noticing that. I don't know why you shoved that paper in there that I passed back to you. It should have been taken home. But over time, I'm planting seeds now that I'm hoping they will sow later or their future teachers will. And it's I I just think organizing is a skill that needs to be taught to these students that are just inherently not, you know, they're free spirited, they're creative, they're messy, like they're just not going to intrinsically be motivated to put a paper in the right folder. Like they, it has to become habit. And for it to become habit, I have to teach it week after week after week. So that's what we do on Fridays to make sure all of our desks are ready and prepared for the week ahead. Um, and so that means that I have my planning time to play with, to plug in any tasks that didn't get done. But otherwise, that's the general flow. I've got lesson planning, grading, team planning with copies and material prep, wrapping up grading and doing any newsletter or weekly memo emailing to parents, 
And then Friday is the clean out day and it's an extra planning time for me that if everything is done, I didn't have my planning interrupted at all during the week, then I can just relax and maybe chat with my team and maybe eat a snack and get an extra cup of coffee. If it is a time that I need to use purposefully for something, then that's what I'll do. I've got the extra time to play with. So that is my Monday morning checklist. That's what I start the week thinking about is getting ready for next week by completing these tasks, and I chunk them up by day to make sure that everything gets done by Friday. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week teaching your students, and I'll talk to you next time. 